want to talk about our opponent. They're bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced. And on paper, they're just better. And they know it, too. But I want to tell you something that they don't know. They don't know your heart. Patchwork Heart Ministry presents Young Catholics Respond. A challenge for young people to stand up for the Catholic faith and confound the world with radical hope. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. And hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. I am Bill Snyder. It is wonderful to be with all of you. I want to remind you right from the outset here that you can head over to our website, patchworkheart.org, to learn more about our ministry and what we are doing. The real big thing we're uh, pushing, of course, is our documentary on the Shroud of Turin. So we'd love to bring that to your parish, uh, wherever uh, you are or your group or whatever. Go over to patchworkheart.org, click on that sh Shroud Film tab right up there and uh, learn how you can bring that film to your group. Uh, but I don't want to spend too, too much time talking about myself and our ministry today because I have a wonderful friend, and I'm going to bring him on the screen now, joining me to talk about uh, his new book, uh, 12, 12 Rules for Manliness. Here's Bear Wozniak. He is the author of that. He's also the world champ surfer. Uh, Bear, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, you're such a great friend of our ministry and, 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 and myself personally. Uh, gosh, we've... Uh, film television shows together. We've we've been on the radio many times together. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, with our audience here today. I think we go back. I don't know nine, eight, nine, ten years. You know. Yeah, we really do. So, yeah, I've watched you <laughs> go through through seasons in your life and get married. Then I got to meet Alvin today, your son. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm so proud of you, Bill. So so glad to know you. Yeah, likewise, man. Uh, you had an amazing ministry and so many good things that you're doing, uh, of which, you know, is this uh, brand new book that's uh, just been released, right? It's, it's just come out here. Uh, it's called 12 Rules for Manliness. So you tell us a little bit about why, you know, this book. I know you've written others, uh, and people can go over to your website, deepadventure.com, and learn about your ministry and all that stuff. But tell, tell us why this book and why now. Well, sooner or later, when you know a guy like Bill Snyder, you got to write a book about him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's called 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? And uh, that title, my wife inspired it. I've been, I was working on my book, uh, but she inspired the subtitle. We were driving along the road here, going across the uh, Diamond Head, you know, if you're in Waikiki Beach. And uh, she said, you're going to love this song. And she turned up this country western i think it was country western song paula call was singing where is where is where is my john wayne where have all the cowboys gone and man because it struck a chord when i i go speak a lot to men's conferences but i also speak a lot to mixed groups and young college age groups and all different ages and what will happen is when cindy and i arrive before we can even get out of the car usually we're surrounded by women and they're they're basically saying to us tell the men we need for them to be manly. We need men to be men. Don't apologize for being a man. We really need virtuous men. And you know that the, the word man in Latin is the word ver. And so the essence of a real man is a man, think about, about the root word for the word virtue. It's the word ver. To be manly is to be virtuous. It's not to be some chauvinistic type of guy, but it certainly isn't to be this, this kind of gender 
gender, uh, I don't know, neutered sort of man now. Uh, but we need men that will step up and, and, and trade in their cowardice for being cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it, it's uh, wonderful that you mentioned that. And and you've got some amazing titles, I think, that are really or to your chapters. Right. There's 12 chapters, 12 rules uh, in, I guess, a chapter to go for each rule. But but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh, some of the some of the chapter titles, I especially the first one. Right. Like a man's got to have a creed and a code to live by. Uh, the, the, I, I don't think there's much more uh, manly than that bear. Like, you know, when you when, when you watch those old Western movies, John Wayne and uh, all of that, you you see they have a special code, well, right? Uh, yeah, so, John Wayne said that. Right. So I, actually behind me, you see my books, my brown leather books down there. Those are written by famous uh, Western novelist. Louis L'Amour, who I love reading his books. I've got all 105 of his novels and his books were always. The men were always virtuous and the women were strong, too, which was kind of rarity back then. Uh, but in one of his books, he wrote this line and John Wayne said it in one of his movies. A man's got to have a creed, a code he can live by no matter the job, which was interesting that he adds the words no matter the job. And so, you know, um, I talked to so many people. I was talking to a martial artist today. You know, I'm a second degree ninja black belt and and my my instructor uh, Master Stephen Hayes, the first white ninja, he developed a code that ninjas, uh, based on the ninja way, um, the uh, the Marines have a have a creed, you know, semper fidelis, but then they have a code that they live by. So for me, my a creed is something that is maybe one sentence or two sentences that really defines you, because all of us have a certain telos that God's given us as humans to be in relationship with Him and to be fully human. But more specifically, each of us have a set. When we were conceived, our mother and father provided the DNA, but God infused that sort of unique, spiritual, rational soul, our personality, our inclinations, our, 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 you know, our natural abilities and things like that, um, that, that direct us along a path towards our personal talents, our personal um, uh, plan that God has, our adventure, as I say, you know, my, my uh, ministry, Deep Adventure, you know, deepadventure.com. Um, and so so we need to, to define our own creed. And then we need to, like my personal creed is that the most radical quest a man can pursue is to abandon himself to the wild adventure of God's will. That's my nature is to, to, is to that's my personal creed. It's true for everyone, but it's what I live by. But then these rules are how I will act that out. And so like, if you think about the old Western, the old cowboys, they never were out to pick a fight and they were slow to anger. But if something came down to it, they knew where they stood. They had a defined code that they lived by. So things were easy. Decisions were easy. What they would do or won't do, that decision would, had already been made for them, for them a long time ago. So these rules are kind of like, how do you live out your personal creed? But I invite men to take a, a real serious week or so of pondering it and come up with what creed they're going to live by and then begin to write out their own code. And uh, teach it to the children. You know that's a great, great idea, Bear, um, because because I think so many men are just drifting aimlessly through life. You know, attached to the the pleasures of life, just looking at you know this uh, this this cell uh, phone, right? That's what's going on. And so but you know that you know. I'm sorry. No, that's what's you know, going they, 
Thomas Aquinas said that his definition of an effeminate man was basically a man who just pursued pleasure. And one of my chapters talks about don't be a drifter. Don't be just passing through. Have a goal and have a plan. I know like Bill, when we were filming, uh, <clears throat> when we went all the way around the, uh, that, uh, what did we do? We went all the way up and around the, um, that Lake Michigan. What was the lake we went around? Oh, that was, uh, we, we actually saw a piece, piece of Lake Superior and then we came down and we saw uh, Lake Michigan as well. Uh, yeah, so we, that's not something you just do passing through. You got to decide to go all the way up there to northern Michigan and around, you know. So, right. and when we were, you know, when we were in, uh, when we, if you're going to be in Hawaii, people don't just come here by passing through either. You, it's where the most remote place in the world. People have intentionality to come here. In your life, don't just be a drifter, man. There's so... God has a plan for you that's only for you. And God says, I know what I have in store for you. Plans for peace, not destruction. A future reserved for you, full of hope. So he's reserved all the all the provision, all, everything that you need to fulfill his purpose. He's set aside for you. But then he says, if you seek me, I will let you find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me. So we need to, in the pursuit of, uh, this isn't a book about self-help. This isn't a book about finding fulfillment. This is a book about being a man and serving God and serving others. And in the process of doing that, uh, we find, I don't know what to say, we, we find that grit and that grace to, uh, to man up. And in the process, we really, I have to say, then we find fulfillment. But we're not looking for fulfillment. We're looking to be real men. And the rest of it comes along with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, absolutely. And, you know, one of the other chapters, I mean, I just love that, first of all, you know, folks, Go go to Bear's website and get a copy of this book. I, you know, you've got to go to get the copy of this book. It's 12 Rules for Manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? It, uh, it's got an awesome cover. Uh, you'll recognize mm. it right away. I, I love the I, I love the dude, you know, uh, got got his, you know, rope out there getting ready to catch some cattle, you know, uh, bring in the yeah. bring in the uh, harvest, bring in the fish. Right. Like that's what this is all about. Yeah. But yeah. Right. You know, it's it's becoming fishers of men, uh, you know, yeah. cowboy style. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's not you can, by the way, you can get the book at Amazon or. Yeah. I think most Barnes and Noble bookstores have it and stuff. So you don't necessarily have to go to our site, but um, get the book for yourself and get the book for a friend. Mo moms, women, get this for your, the men in your lives. And women, women will we'll probably have more women read this book than men because they love this kind of stuff. And yeah. and young women should read this stuff. They're looking for what kind of man they want to marry. They should read this book. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great that's a great insight. Um, you know, and the and again, these titles of these chapters are absolutely amazing. I I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh chapter eight come hell or high water get the job done like you know you we've been talking a little bit about you know this that's you right there dude that's you <laughs> i don't know about that I, you know you do a lot you do my rate you do some of my production and everything that i've ever asked of you once you've said you'll do it you do it it's totally you well no i no i appreciate that you know i mean but um you know we but but still like where where is that? Like, you know, especially in the culture today, right? Like when you look at the culture of what's going on with with um, men and then not only that, but what's going on in society, right? There's just all this upheaval. There's just all this chaos and people just want to have chaos in, in, you know, the the powers that be and, you know, the, the upper echelon, the elites want to put chaos on the masses. It's true. So, so and they do that by attacking men. Right. 
So take the man out of the picture and thing all hell breaks loose. Exactly. And we've watched it happen since, you know, what the, you know, I mean, I but before I was born, right? Be, be, be middle of the 60s. It began 70s. to happen, Bill. It began to happen. I'm going to tell you like it is. It began to happen when the pill came out. Yeah. You because men then could get what they want when they when they wanted it mm-hmm. without any responsibility and and what makes a man a man is by taking on his kuleana, his responsibility. And the greatest of that is to have a child and to be and to have a woman to love and to cherish. So when so when uh, the pill came out, women were under a lot of pressure. The, the man would the coward, cowardly man would say, well, if you really love me, you would have sex with me because that's me really showing my love for you. No, that's just lust. You know, love can love is patient. Lust is not very patient. So when the pill came out. Suddenly, the women lost their social contract with each other and uh, this free love or whatever they want to call it. It certainly wasn't love. Um, be- began to uh, put all this stress on women and and then people um, saying, well, you know, I'm not, let, why don't we live together first and we'll find out if we're right for each other. A minute, a cowardly man says that to a woman. She should already know he's not a man because he's lo- looking to get what he can get without any responsibility. He's not he's not he's not a good man. And. Most people that start out by living together, most of those, when they do eventually get married, those marriages don't last anyway. That, the, that's the worst statistics for a marriage lasting is people who live together first because why they didn't understand the sacredness of that of the of the of their of their spouse. So it started back then, and then the so-called women women's liberation when we love to see women be uh, be free and fully and to flourish, but women started to find themselves as well. If I really want to be a woman, I got to be like a man. I got to wear man's clothes. I got to have a man's job. I got to make man's kind of money. And that's just not uh, that's just not what all women want anyway. A lot of women do, and they can flourish in that way. But a woman um, is not a man. And and uh, it's so funny now because you hear people interviewed. Uh, so how do you? I think there was a Supreme Court justice or someone was being asked by the Senate. So can you define for us what a woman is? And here's a woman. She can't even define what a woman is. Right. And so a woman is the counterpoint to a man. Uh, but, you know, it was John Paul II that wrote that the first things he wrote were love and responsibility. They go hand in hand. And so if, you, if you're with a man that doesn't that, first of all, these women say these guys in the theology on tap, those girls go, oh, the guys don't hang around with us, but they don't ever ask us out. Or if we've been hanging out with a guy long enough, he never asks us to marry him. And they said, we're just wondering if we should should just settle. And I said, no. You know, you think about the wild, wild west. It was tamed by women because women came out there and said, basically, you're a better man than that. I believe in you. But if a woman just kind of just accepts uh, mediocrity uh, in a boy who's not really even a man, then 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 there goes the chaos of society. So mm-hmm. men are under attack and especially fatherhood. Think about it. We're called fathers. You know, God, the father is a father, you know, and so to be called that, of course, Satan hates fathers and he's on the attack. But here's the thing. Men go, well, you know, women have taken over the church or, you know, women have done this. Women, We've been relegated, you know, to being the provincial buffoon. And I, it makes me want to throw up because I say, you know what? That's you because you let it happen. You're the one that created the vacuum. You're the one that created the void. Step up your game and uh, and. Uh, Take care of your kuleana. Take care of your responsibility. Kuleana in Hawaii is a very beautiful, powerful word. It means more than responsibility. It means this is me. 
my responsibility, my family, my job, things that are my responsibility are really, really me. And so it's very sacred mm -hmm. and it's a stewardship type of responsibility. So, yeah, we meet, need men who will lay down their lives for those that they love and who will become leaders, not pushers, not managers, and not just sitting around yelling at the TV screen to thinking that they're virtuous because they have an opinion about abortion, but never do anything about it. So, uh, yeah, we need men to we need men to step up. Yeah. You know, you're you're totally right. And the other thing that you I think you call people to uh, throughout your ministry and even in this book, too, is that you can you know, you can't do this alone. Right. You know, a, a, lone, a lone wolf doesn't really survive in in today's right. culture. You have to have a brotherhood. You have to have a band of brothers come together and um you know, work to build the kingdom and find other like-minded men, right? Like when you when you look at what Jesus did in the in the gospel, he found twelve, you know, a group of twelve ragtag guys. None of them were perfect, but he but he put them together and he said, "You're going to go out and change the world." It doesn't have to be a large group, but you can't go off and do it by yourself. And I think it really that, can't be a large group, right? Right. You're going to be, you know, men need to be, you know, in my my chapter, I think it's. I forget which one it is, but it's it is it says that build brotherhood, don't be a lone wolf. I know a lone wolf. Um, I used to have a piece of land up in Montana, one mile from Canada, one mile from Glacier Park, on the north fork of the Flathead River. It's wild. When I was building my cabin, I had left a little piece of carpet outside. I mean, this is a little one-room hunter's cabin, and I in the morning I came out and it had been sprayed by a mountain lion. You know, it walked out beyond past my hot my my little cabin. I slept with a shotgun under my right under. I was sleeping on the floor, but my gun right, right next to me, man. I was ready for predators. There were grizzly bears and and bears and and you know, and wolves. So when I walked on this land, the first time I bought it, I was walking onto the land, and I saw across the meadow a lone a wolf, and it's you know they're big wolves are I think I don't know if there's a dog that's as big as a wolf. They're big big animals, and he had these yellowish green these really piercing eyes and he looked at me like what are you doing on my land you know he's very menacing and i would see him from time to time and several months later i there was a, a professor from missoula montana that was walking by my cabin now, i'd never seen anybody out there before and i'd heard him coming and he said hello the cabin and i came outside and we started talking story and, he, and i said you know do you know he said he said he was a a tracker he they, you know the radio caller of these animals and he said, I said, you know about this wolf? He goes, yeah, I know that wolf. That wolf's a lone wolf. And I go, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, he was an alpha male that was forced out by the pack. And now he's got to hunt alone and wolves eat fresh meat. And he's not going to be able to bring down fresh meat. He's going to leave their, eat their leftovers or some animal that's decaying. And he's, he's not going to live long. That's the definition of, of, a, of a man boy who won't, won't get to know and being in, in concrete type relationships with other men. My friend, uh, Father Bryce Lundgren, who if you haven't had him on your show, you should. He's a priest up in Wyoming. I got him to write a book called The Catholic Cowboy Way. I got him hooked up with my publisher, Sophia, and he got his book done before I did. But in his book, he says, if I'm riding the range with Zeke, my buddy, and at some point I say, hey, Zeke, you know what? We need to learn to be more transparent and vulnerable with each other. He would kick his spears and be on the beyond two ridge lines away by before I even blinked. But if you say to him, we need to get more gritty and real with each other, 
then that then that that's something uh, he can, a, a man can respond to. And we need that mixture of grit and grace to uh, call each other on mm. to what God's calling us to, to be good fathers, to be uh, to be uh, men that protect and provide and um, and not just uh, talk about sports and politics like like talking about politics is going to change the world. What changes the world is bringing people to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? You're absolutely right. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, you, you kind of just alluded to it, you know, talking about sports. You know, we, we end up worshiping football on Sundays. I mean, right now, everybody's, you know, especially here in Packer land, right? Like yeah, everyone's I love big, football. Yeah, love you know. football. Oh, it's a great sport. It's a great I just game. watch college sports, so I don't have time for Saturday and Sunday. Right. Well, I mean, you know, but people were, but, but you end up worshiping, you know, men end up worshiping their, you know, their favorite uh, sports teams over worshiping, you know, Jesus Christ on Sunday. And th and think about this. Um, well, but think about this. So I'm walking here in Waikiki. We have people from all over the country and they're wearing shirts with Aaron Rodgers name on the back or, you know, but they're big and fat and they're out of shape. And one of my chapters is that, uh, you know, is um, be lean and mean. A man needs to be physically fit. Every man in his own unique way, but a man needs to be fit in order so you know so that you can fulfill your mission. You know, I'm 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 I know Bill. Uh, I'm 70 years old tomorrow, 70, and I'm still doing 50 miles on the beach, swimming an hour every day, surfing, lifting my wife in extreme tandem surfing lifts, uh, because my whole life I focused on 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 being healthy by being fit. So it's not like fitness is my God, but but it's fitness to witness. If I'm fit, I could fulfill my mission. And as life goes on, I don't have to become a burden to my family. So, yeah. So uh, if you're you're wearing an Aaron Rodgers jersey, but you're, you know, you're anemic or out of, or out of shape, then you should do something about that. When people when men join our man cave, you know, at deepadventure.com we have the man cave where we meet once a month in Zoom meetups, but we also have the two and a half year curriculum, the School of Manliness, which we go through together, but men can also lead their sons to. One of the first things that men do is they go, oh, once a, once a week we post, this is what I did for my workout. You know, however you define that, my, my, my physical fitness, and this is what I did spiritually this week. Yeah. And so one of the first things to do is a lot of men will lose, we've had men lose thousands of pounds, I would say, in the man cave yeah. uh, to just get in shape. So it's part of your kuleana to be a man is to feel your power. And to be and take care of this the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, you know, it, it, I I love talking to you, and I love talking about your your ministry because you really do, you know, challenge men. You don't you don't pull any punches. You're right. You're right in their face. You know, talking to them about, and you've and, and you've laid out some really good concrete uh, goals mm. for people just right now. You know, I think there's a lot of young people out there listening to this. At least that that's my hope and our hope. At Patchwork too, Heart yeah. Ministry, right, is like you know, there you're you're hopefully talking to that college student right now that's that's going through something you know in their in their life, and and you know challenging them to live with this radical hope as we say, um, and so you know are, are there any are there any, for somebody who's struggling in faith or struggling in life, um, obviously read this book. You've got some great uh, you know tips and these these wonderful uh rules for manliness but uh maybe just we got a little bit of time left so talk to our viewers and listeners about um you know what they can do practically somebody somebody's struggling right now talk to that person who's struggling right now and you know give them a, just a few little pointers to get on that 
on that right path? Well, one of my one of my chapters is be a man of your word. And what I would say is begin to write down concrete goals and be a man of your word. Keep your own word to yourself. Um, this is an example of physical fitness. But for a man who's who needs to gain strength, cardio, and because one of my chapters is be dangerous, a man should know how to fight too in a lot of different realms. But but um, don't think like, oh, I won't, it'll take me months to get in shape. Um, maybe take me two years to drop the excess weight. Uh, but the point is, is once you set down that goal of every day, I'm going to do this. Like when I was training for my, my first degree ninja black belt, my sensei said, I want you to run the mountains, but I want you to run them every day. I want you to run one rock further. And so if the furthest rock you can do, and when I pedaled my bicycle across the United States or paddled this treacherous Molokai channel, it's the same thing. You just take one more step, one more paddle stroke, one, one more pedal stroke, but set concrete goals and say, you know, when I came, I came through prostate cancer, two, no, three major infections as a result. I tore a muscle loose in my, in my hip where the radiation was done. When I hoolied my canoe, my outrigger, I flipped it. And then I'm out stand-up paddle surfing and I'm out of shape and I pull my bicep loose because I'm used to doing certain things. So I had to boot, do a total reboot. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then when I came out of all that, then I got COVID. So I had to basically continually to work and to work around my challenges. And uh, one of the things that I do is I go out and I swim for an hour every day. I, I go out beyond the surf or right where the surf is, just beyond where the waves are breaking. And I do deep, powerful treading of water and have my prayer time out there. So how did I come out of all of that? Was it instantaneous? No, it was, a, it was a journey to survive it and then a journey to get strong and healthy again. But so what I'm saying is you don't have to say, well, I'm not going to be a success until I lose 30 pounds and I, and I, and I, can, uh, and I can, you know, endure walking 50 miles every week in the sand, which is what I, which was my hat in my habit. Um, you are success the minute you do your first walk. Because why success is on the inside. It's I've made a decision, and today, today, this day, I'm walking in virtue. I'm going to have my uh, my half hour, my hour with a prayer with the Lord. I'm going to teach my ch child their homework. I'm going to coach little league. I'm going to be successful at my work. I'm going to do my my physical training. I'm going to cut my sugar carbs down to 27 grams or less. It all boils down to this. There's a, something I heard recently. How you do anything is how you do everything. So the moment you decide, I'm going to walk three blocks today, and tomorrow I'm going to walk three blocks and a half. Every day, time you set that and you pursue that, you are establishing within you virtue. When I paddled, paddled across the Molokai Channel, one of the most treacherous channels in the world, on a very, very treacherous day, um, Every paddle stroke is what got me there. So the moment you set that path of virtue and you do the first thing and then the next thing and then the next thing, you're you're already successful. You're because the great success is that you are now suddenly a man of virtue. Virtue is the catechism tells us is a habit. Mm -hmm. And I just tell people if you will, if, if the hardest thing to do is to do that first day of working out because you don't think you're going to do the next one. Do the first day, the second day, the third day of your fitness training. Do the first day, the second day, the third day of spending 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night in prayer, of going to mass or saying the rosary. Set those concrete goals. And the minute you do those, 
uh, then then do it again the next day, do it again the next day. In 30 days, you go, you know what, I'm doing this. After 100 days, that habit owns you. If it's 1030 here in the morning and I haven't done my my beach workout and my my one hour swim, uh, my body's telling me, come on, dude, let's go. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go surfing later or go golfing or something. Uh, and by the way, I still have more than one full time job, uh, you know, um, but I've got that balance in my life. So the minute you start out on that path, but how you do anything is how you do everything. When I was training in my ninja for my ninja black belt, Master Hayes would say, how you get out of a chair, your penmanship, it all has to do with that core uh, commitment to excellence, not perfectionism. Just excellence to me is beauty and grace and determination. Mm. And so how you do anything, do you get up and tell your, and, and talk to your child when they're misbehaving or do you yell at them from across the room? Mm. How you do anything is how you do everything. You know, do you, you get up in the morning every morning and start out by praying the liturgy of the hour. How you do anything is how you do everything. Do you do you do you when you get out of your car? Do you take the the coffee cup uh, and any debris that you you've gone by going through a drive-through? Do you get do you get take that out or do you leave it in the car? What does your car look like? Is it washed and clean? So I'm not talking about perfectionism. I'm talking about a God of order who wants you to be. My wife Cindy is excellent in every little way and she's full of grace full of grace a person who's a perfectionist is the most uptight person in the world but if your goal is virtue is to love god god back by doing things in a good way so i would just say start doing the small things and you've already won you don't have to have a you don't have to have a world title you don't have to get your black belt tomorrow but just begin that path of stewardship and 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 discipline and uh the more you're a disciplined person, the bigger your life gets. Yeah. You have more freedom the more disciplined you are. If you just if you just kind of are sloppy in your life and anything goes, you end up in bondage. And you know, it's those words of our Lord, right? Like, you know, you were faithful in small matters, so I can give you uh bigger, bigger yeah. as things. he's done in your life, Bill. It's been so beautiful to see God bless you. <laughs> well, you in all that you do, you do beautifully, and your family and your your children. It's just beautiful. Your child's so beautiful. Hey, well, no, beautiful thank you, thank you. I've been getting to watch you for a long time. <laughs> I know, and it, it, it's been a wonderful friendship, Eric. Uh, it, it certainly won't end here, and it, uh, as our episode comes to a close, uh, you know, here here tonight, but. Uh, I am I'm blessed to have you on. I want to make sure that everybody you can see it on the bottom of your screen there. But please go over uh, and get the copy of the book, 12 Rules for Manliness. Uh, Where have all the cowboys gone is the subtitle. So go over, get a copy of his book wherever, uh, you know, books are sold, Amazon. And give one to a friend. And give one to a friend. Yeah, that's Someone right. Someone that would never read a Christian book, give them this book because it starts out talking about cowboys. Eventually they get it. But it's it's not a foreign land to them when everybody loves cowboys. <laughs> no, that, I, that's my awesome. wife is a cowgirl, by the way. She wrote me. I had no chance. <laughs> that's right. She 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 was in rodeo, right? She did, she did rodeo, right? Was she Cindy was in yeah, rodeo. She was yeah, barrel racer, trick rider. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, she only wore cowboy boots until she had to be wear cheerleader shoes when she was a high school cheerleader in that little bitty high school she went to <laughs> that's so awesome bear it's amazing talking to you man thank you so much for the book thank you so much for uh being a friend of our ministry and friend of mine personally thank you so much 
Well, send, send me your address if you email me, and we'll send a little gift to Alvin. Oh, absolutely, I will. Hey, okay. uh, this has been great. So, folks, uh, I want to remind you that you can once again head over to our website, patchworkheart.org, to learn more about our ministry and all the all the ministry of our guests, right? I mean, they're all up there. Uh, all of our podcasts are there as well. So please uh, go over, check it, check it out, patchworkheart.org. And until next time, may God bless you and keep beating to those Catholic hearts. Young Catholics Respond is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about this and all our media programs, visit patchworkheartradio.org. To learn how you can support our ministry or become a sponsor, visit patchworkheart.org.